All right, what's up, guys? It is February 13th, 2018. This is the Daily Bitcoin Cap. Um, two main topics to cover for today are the brand issues with Bcash and Bitcoin and uh, some people trying to change Bitcoin to Bitcoin Core, that kind of stuff. I'll probably write something up on this uh, in the next day or two just because it's a topic I want to explore further, but I'll just kind of get my basic thoughts on that today. And then also uh, Salon.com um, is having people who decide to use an ad blocker, uh, mine Monero for them, which is uh, kind of hilarious because they're like a liberal progressive site. And obviously something like Monero would make it much more difficult to implement their policies. So I'll talk about that. Other than that, there's not really much else uh, to get to. So it might be kind of like a uh, short show today unless the uh the chat's able to give me a lot of questions to cover uh i think i forgot to change the text in the uh, bottom left corner there so let me change that real quick and then i'll get started with that uh with that first story all right Okay, so this uh, brand confusion stuff started today with uh, Coinbase. Sent out a blog. Um, they talked about how they're, you know, upgrading SegWit to SegWit because they. Uh, um, oh, look, they did change the uh, the part they messed up. All right, so uh, they say SegWit lower fees for customers. Um, you know, they're implementing SegWit because their customers were complaining about high fees. They are thinking SegWit should help a bit, even though the fees have come down. Uh, and then they said, uh, while SegWit should help reduce fees, once we begin rolling out this change, if you incorrectly send Bitcoin Cash to a Bitcoin address, your funds will no longer be recoverable. To help protect customers from accidentally sending funds, we will be adding the below screens to all of our Bitcoin receive flows. Uh, that's what it says now. Before it said Bitcoin Cash receive flows. So, um, and I... You know, proof of that, I took a screenshot of it when they first sent it out. Uh, so they said, we'll be adding the blow screens to all of our Bitcoin cash receive flows. And then below that, it's uh, a screenshot of, you know, using Bitcoin. Uh, and then I tweeted out, you know, Bitcoin cash versus Bitcoin is causing so much confusion that Coinbase can't even get it right in their own blog post. They talk about adding a screen to their Bitcoin cash payment flows and then show a sample screen for sending Bitcoin. Uh, so I guess they noticed this uh, tweet and made that correction. Uh, but the point there is like that's what the the same problem their customers are facing when they, you know, try to use their platform. Especially new people who've never used Bitcoin before, they don't know the difference between Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. So they might try to buy Bitcoin Cash just because it's cheaper. Uh, there might a major problem was always uh, you know people sending Bitcoin to Bitcoin Cash addresses and vice versa. And uh, Jameson Lopp from BitGo has talked about that a lot just because it causes a huge headache for him because he's obviously working behind the scenes at BitGo and has to help everyone over there who's making mistakes. Uh, Alistair, I forget his last name, but on Twitter, uh, someone sent out a tweet over the past few days, I think it was, where some Bitcoin ATM uh, company had implemented Bitcoin Cash uh, or Bcash or BitCash. 
I, I always like the name BitCash, and it seems like BitCash is making a comeback now, so maybe I should start using that again. Uh, but yeah, some uh, Bitcoin ATM provider implemented Bcash, and uh, they had so many complaints within like the first few days that they just uh, pulled support from it pretty quickly. And people are saying that's what uh, Coinbase should do here as well, just because it's, it's causing so much confusion confusion uh, with their customers. I remember back in the day when Brian Armstrong and Coinbase were more Bitcoin max- maximalist in in their with their platform that you know Bitcoin was the only thing you could buy or sell on it. They would point out that you know it's confusing to add extra coins to the platform, which is why they you know it took them so long to add altcoins to it, like Ethereum and Litecoin. Um, you know, they didn't want to confuse their users, but they just wanted to say like a simple button that says buy Bitcoin or sell Bitcoin. They didn't want to bring in like Ethereum, Litecoin, any other altcoin. So, um, you know, this is a pretty big divergence from, um, you know, where they used to be because now they're obviously implementing Bitcoin cash and they're putting these like extra, you know, reminders that Bitcoin Cash isn't Bitcoin and all this kind of stuff. So it's just a lot of brand uh, confusion going on there. And on a related note, uh, someone sent this over to me uh, in a private chat. I forget who it was. But there was a post on the mailing list from Jose Canuelo. Um, or Jose Feminis, Feminias Canuelo asking... You know, maybe they should change the licensing on the Bitcoin project uh, to say that like you can't take the Bitcoin code and change it and create a new altcoin and use Bitcoin in the name uh, of the new coin. Uh, obviously, the problem with that is you have to have someone to go to the court and you know have this kind of policy enforced. And Bitcoin is supposed to be a decentralized system, so there's no one that can really go to court and represent Bitcoin. Um, so I think, uh, as Jameson Lopp pointed out, and I think it'd be kind of difficult to pull up his, his response just because of the way the uh, mailing list website works. Um, but he basically said that, you know, the the Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin Gold and all this is kind of like a marketing thing. So the best way to respond to it was, is with marketing. Uh, so, you know, just, just pointing out that... Uh, these other forks of Bitcoin are not actually Bitcoin. They're, you know, altcoins basically is the right way to go about it. Um, you know, if you if you want to talk about other things that can be called, you know, Bitcoin this or Bitcoin that, I think that makes sense for like side chains and drive chains. We see like a rootstock or RSK, I think they prefer to be called now. Their Ethereum-based sidechain is, uh, you know, they call their that coin smart BTC um, or, or smart Bitcoin, or Bi- you could say like Bitcoin smart or something like that. That makes sense because it's still on the Bitcoin network, but it's too confusing when people use like, uh, you know, Bitcoin whatever uh, in their altcoin name. And I, I mean, obviously this is like a marketing tactic from the Bcash people because they want to be able to refer to Bitcoin as like Bitcoin core, which would like put them on a more even playing field with the uh, real version of Bitcoin and shapeshift after actually sent out a tweet today, uh, calling Bitcoin, Bitcoin core. And then Eric Voorhees, the CEO had to send out a tweet, you know, correcting it and apologizing basically. 
and fixing that. So, um, so yeah, I'm not sure if I have anything else to add on that right now. I'm probably going to write something up on it tonight and maybe put it out on Bitcoin Magazine or Coin Journal, hopefully tomorrow or uh, the next day, just to kind of cover all my thoughts on that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's time that people just kind of stop calling Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Cash. You got, you got to call it something else because uh, obviously people are losing money, sending stuff to the wrong address, and it's just confusing people. It is kind of a scam in a way where you're t- saying, like, this is the real Bitcoin too, and, you know, they'll they'll buy it because it's, they see that it's cheaper, and then they, you know, realize later that it's not actually Bitcoin. Uh, so a lot to cover there, and uh, maybe I'll, whenever I write up that uh, piece, I'll, I'll cover that on the show, I'm sure. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, I... I did take the uh, day off from the show yesterday, um, but I, you know, I still sent out the newsletter. Um, you know, if when there's not a sponsor, I'm not going to be that incentivized to uh, do the show every day. But I'll still try to do it every day. But if I get sidetracked on over other things, uh, I might skip a day for the show. But I'll still get the newsletter out. Um, but I am closing in on some sponsors that should be good for the long term. So. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to comment on that real quick. All right, now I'll move on to this uh, news that Salon, which is like a liberal progressive news site, I'm sure a bunch bunch of you have uh, you know read it or seen it before, or heard about it, or aware of it. Um, I think Glenn Greenwald actually used to write for uh, Salon back in the day before he went to the Guardian, and then uh, obviously Edward Snowden reached out to him for for all that stuff. But they, uh, they launched a new thing or a new feature. I think it was today. This is when I saw it, where if you have an ad blocker on and you go to their website, it'll ask you to mine cryptocurrency for them if you don't turn off your ad blocker, um, which is kind of... Uh, wow, did they change this as well? All right. Well, I guess it's a good a good thing that I um, tweeted this out as well because they uh, seems they went ahead and edited their uh, FAQ page without you know saying anything. So I'll have to pull up my screenshot that I tweeted out earlier. Um, So I can read off what they said because basically they went on this like long rant about they tried to explain like how does Salon make money from using people's processing power and they could have just said like oh we're mining Monero but they put on this like three paragraphs where they talk about like all the different things that they could do. Um, So the first part says the demand for computing power across many different industries and applications is potentially very high. We intend to use a small percentage of your spare processing power to contribute to the advancement of technological discovery, evolution, and innovation. For a beta program, we'll start by applying your processing power to help support the evolution and growth of blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. This is such like a a, uh, virtue signaling, like we're doing great things for technology and innovation, but really it's just a roundabout way of saying they're mining Monero for profit. Um, 
they go on to talk about like they can uh, with some of these other use cases like protein folding, um, aid in biological discover discovery or helping pay for misdemeanor prisoners bail or see if we can better predict the impact of climate change. But these are like, um, you know, hypothetical reasons that they'd be using the processing power. Um, I think right now we can assume that they're just mining Monero just because that's the only widely used uh, script that uh, people have available to them right now through uh, CoinHive. I think there might be a few others, but they all mine Monero. Although there, were, there was one that mined uh, Zcash that was used to um, mine Zcash on Android phones. Or was it, I think it was desktops actually. Uh, but there was a story about that. There was like a flaw in the Telegram messaging app that they used to uh, get people to mine Zcash and Monero for them. So yeah, they go on this like grandstanding, like we're doing great things with your processing power, but really they're just, uh, um, you know, mining Monero for, for profit. And the, you know, the funniest thing about this is that Salon is like a liberal progressive um, website. They have like that slant. So they're very much want to tell everyone what to do with their money. They don't think peop rich people should have like, you know, offshore bank accounts where they can hide their money uh, and all that kind of stuff. But obviously if you're, Mining Monero, you're supporting the Monero network, which, uh, you know, as, as some uh, central bankers have said recently, Monero and Bitcoin are kind of like a Swiss bank account in your wallet or in your pocket. I mean, uh, so, so, you know, to support a technology that's going to make it much more difficult for them to achieve the, you know, economic policies they want to see implemented in the world, it's just really hilarious to me. I don't know. I guess. Some people found it uh, funny. I guess I found it funnier than other people on Twitter today. But it's like the ultimate irony. Uh, and it probably just comes from that, like, fully thinking through the implications of what they were doing. But the uh, the main point here is they were, like, incentivized to go against their own uh, economic and political viewpoints by these systems that are meant to, uh, you know, bring about a more anarcho-capitalist kind of uh, society, potentially. Uh, so even like a progressive news outlet is, you know, subject to those same financial incentives uh, to go to go against their own beliefs, basically. I don't know, I just found that to be kind of hilarious. Um, I don't think there's anything else to cover on this. Let me see how I'm doing on time real quick. 41... Uh, so I've only gone for like 10 minutes here. Yeah, like I said, there wasn't really much to cover today. I'll go through the other news stories quickly and then um, go through the chat to see if there's any questions in there. Uh, JP Morgan's WePay payments app came out and said there hasn't been really much demand for uh, using Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies for payments. Uh, as I wrote for Forbes recently, uh, the demand is coming from people who want to like speculate on the price of these various uh, crypto assets. That's so why we see like Robinhood and Square and these other traditional Silicon Valley companies integrating Bitcoin and other altcoins. Um, the CEO of NASDAQ was at some conference in somewhere in the Middle East. I'm forgetting where it was. It's like the World Government Economic Forum or something like that. And she was asked about a Bitcoin ETF. And uh, she basically said... You know, the, the Bitcoin ETF doesn't exist yet because the SEC doesn't believe in the uh, uh, the 
the reputation basically of various Bitcoin exchanges, and that's where the price will, you know, uh, be formulated around the world. Like the the ETF would basically be like a basket of Bitcoin prices um, around the world, and they don't necessarily think that those exchanges can be trusted to to do this kind of thing. So maybe if we see you know, more trustworthy exchanges. I know we have like Gemini and GDAX in the U.S. and they're very much regulated. Uh, but other places around the world, it's still kind of uh, not regulated at all, kind of, especially in like South Korea and Japan. We've seen like some crazy stuff going on there with hacks and, you know, governments are starting to clamp down on uh, exchanges that are allowing anonymous trading or whatever. So maybe once that kind of stuff is sorted out and we have like more regulated exchanges around the world, uh, might be a better indication for when we'll uh, you know, get a Bitcoin ETF. But, um, you know, in terms of when that will happen, uh, the NASDAQ CEO didn't seem to have like an indication. I think it's kind of hard to predict that kind of thing. Kind of like, uh, how it's hard to predict when new technology will be ready. We'll just have to like sit, wait and see. And maybe one day we'll have, you know, regulated exchanges all around the world and we'll have better, uh, you know, uh, price discovery around the world that can be trust trusted basically. Uh, there's a point report in uh, Reuters, uh, the credit karma, the website, uh, I didn't even know you could file your taxes through there, but, um, usually it's used for like people to track their credit scores, but they also, you can also do your uh, taxes through there now, I guess. And they said less than a hundred people out of the quarter of a million p individuals who have already filed their taxes for uh, 2017. Um, less than a hundred of them reported a cryptocurrency transaction to us authorities. So we might be, uh, there might be a lot of Americans who are, you know, not reporting their cryptocurrency gains, uh, and their taxes. You would think there would be a lot of that last year, just cause the price went up, went up. So there should be a lot of people, you know, having capital gains to report unless they're still holding. Uh, and this is something that, uh, James Rickards kind of talked about a year or two ago, where he, he was pretty certain that, you know, a lot of people weren't going to be paying their taxes on this kind of thing. And, you know, I'm, it would be surprising if the IRS didn't start going after people and just, you know, they got to make an example out of people basically. And, uh, you know, clamp down on people not paying their taxes, uh, capital gains in terms of Bitcoin. Uh, so maybe we'll see more of that action this year. There was also that recent report where they have like a separate task force at the, I think it was at the IRS, uh, for, you know, clamping down on people trying to avoid taxes, uh, through Bitcoin. Uh, let me see if there's anything else. Uh, there was a Andreas Antonopoulos video on Reddit. I saw where he just talked about why some businesses aren't adopting SegWit as quickly as they, um, people might've thought they would. Um, and he kind of hinted on a point where that I talked about in a coin journal article where, um, you know, they don't really have an incentive to, they can kind of just push the fees onto their customers until it becomes too much for their customers to bear. Uh, the customers might just like yell at the developers and miners before they yell at Coinbase or blockchain.info or any of these other big companies. Um, and they also, Andreas also talked about like, it's very difficult to, uh, for these large institutions, in, uh, at least relatively in the Bitcoin space, to you know make this kind of huge change because they want to make sure you know they don't break anything while they're doing it. Um, 
I'm kind of, I'm probably like butchering uh, Andres's words here, so maybe just watch the video. I uh, link to it in the newsletter. Uh, but yeah, blockchain and Coinbase should have uh, both integrated SegWit by like the next month or so, because blockchain said by the end of quarter one, and Coinbase just recently said they'll have it in a few weeks. And I think that's it for the news. I'll open up the chat and see what we got in here. Um, <laughs> Draymond says uh, I should get sponsored by Bitcoin.com. I actually wrote a few articles for them. Uh, I think in 2015 and 2016. I'm not sure. I don't really remember. Um, Dave Matherly says use Brave and you won't have to uh, or you won't be able to or websites won't be able to mine cryptocurrency on your behalf. That's true. Uh, I like to use the uh, uh, Brave browser, just not on the uh, computer that I'm on right now. Um, hey, Data, Data Courier and Ann Holloman. Uh, yeah, Brave is from the guy who was at Firefox. Uh, I don't really understand why he launched that other separate token through an ICO. I think he could have just implemented uh, Bitcoin through Lightning, because I imagine we'll have to implement layer two payments of some kind eventually, anyways. So, uh, Data Courier asks, any news on Ethereum going proof of stake? I don't follow ETH news, but curious when they blow themselves up. <laughs> uh, I think I saw something in CoinDesk somewhat recently. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't know. I think it. I think they were supposed to have proof of stake ready years ago, and they just kind of keep push, pushing it off. Obviously, they had like the difficulty bomb, which is supposed to like make blocks get mined a lot slower if they haven't switched to proof of stake. But now they're talking about just like uh, you know ignoring that and hard forking it out or something, which is kind of like raising the debt ceiling and just pushing it off. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if uh, it, it would make sense for them to move to proof of stake just because they're not very much of a decentralized system in the first place. Um, but then you know you have to ask the question: Why are they why are they even using a blockchain at some point? Um, Data Courier says looks like exchanges are going decentralized soon. Huddle, huddle, and then one traditional exchange is building a decentralized one as well without KYC AML. Yeah, huddle, huddle has been in beta for a while and looks like a looks like a better version of local bitcoins. Basically, looks really cool. Um, maybe I should reach out to them for a sponsorship or something. Um, can you explain what Blockstream does and if and how they make money? Uh, I know and they do, well, they're investors. One of the, like, um, reasons some of their, I'm not going to say all of their investors, but some of their investors, like Reid Hoffman, who is a co-founder and CEO of uh, LinkedIn, one of the reasons he invested was to increase the value of his Bitcoin holdings, basically. Um, so that's one way they make money. I mean, they they pay a lot of the employees in time-locked Bitcoins, which means they'll get paid in Bitcoin and they're not allowed to touch it for 
you know, however long. So it should incentivize them to, um, you know, make Bitcoins worth more than they're worth whenever they got paid. Um, in terms of how they make money, I think they do a lot of like private blockchain stuff now. So like, um, I mean, they have the liquid uh, product, which is going to be like exchanges more uh, trading between each other more efficiently on a sidechain, federated sidechain. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They, they haven't been like completely public about how they make money, uh, which is understandable. I mean, that's not something every company should have to do. Uh, there are conspiracy theories about them. Like the only reason they work on lightning network is so they can make tons of money from lightning, but that doesn't seem to have much weight because first of all, I don't think people are going to gain much fees from the lightning network. I think the fees are going to be very low and they might not even be, you know, centralized around hubs. The, uh, the current state of the lightning network looks pretty decentralized. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much all my thoughts there. Uh, Dave Madley says he has Brave set to pay me in bat tokens for my YouTube streams. I guess I got to check that out and see how it works then. Thanks, Dave. Um, I think I have to like email them or something to get access to my bat tokens. Thoughts on Cointip? Interesting tipping bat bot now with Lightning Network and a viral component since you can tip anyone on Twitter and they have to open an account to claim Satoshi's. Yeah, it's kind of like a uh, more decentralized version of change tip from back in the day. Um, I guess that will be used, maybe. I mean, change tip went out of business because people weren't really tipping. Um, I know Dave just said he's tipping me in uh, bat tokens, basically, for my content, but I don't, I don't really view that as a. I mean, obviously, I thank Dave for his support, but I don't really view it as like a viable. Uh, you know, content monetization model. People just aren't used to paying for, you know, content online. I think there are ways that you can, you know, use cryptocurrencies uh, for like smaller payments for like digital goods, which could be content. So like one model I've thought about is I could, uh, you know, do interviews on a separate YouTube stream or a separate like video stream, uh, and then I could write articles based on the stream or based on some of like the interesting points. And then I could be like, uh, "Here's a link to the stream," and uh, or here's a link to the full interview video, and you can pay like a dollar via the Lightning Network to watch it all or something like that. Um, but I think. Um, you know, there's Brave and there's, you know, you're talking about Cointip now, which is kind of like a a uh, tipping method online. Um, I think you need to give your audience, like, incentives to, to give donations. Um, at least that's how I kind of feel about it right now. So I think something like Patreon is really the best bet there. And I'll probably um, eventually, you know, create a Patreon and have, like, extra content on there, you know, pay like 10 bucks a month or something. And maybe we'll get like long form interviews, like access to a telegram group chat or something. I think that's like the best, uh, model going forward. And other than that, like uh, advertising still is the way to make the most money. 
just because you can't rely on like donations, basically. Um, you know, Coin Journal actually tried to um, do a donation only based model, and it didn't work very well. Uh, just because, especially in terms of like tipping via cryptocurrencies, there just aren't enough people that have them in the first place. Uh, let alone they want to send you, you know, some of the Bitcoin or whatever they want to hodl. But yeah, it's definitely an interesting uh, topic. All right, I think I'll end that. Let me see how I'm doing on time. Yeah, I'll end this here. Um, so thank you guys for watching. If you like the show, make sure to hit the like button on SoundCloud and YouTube and also subscribe. Uh, if you subscribe on YouTube, hit the little bell next to the subscribe button so you get a notification when I go live and you like won't miss the live show and can you know participate in the chat and stuff like that. Um, and then you can get all my articles and uh, my Twitter and everything else, the newsletter at kyletorby.com. I also got links in the description on YouTube and SoundCloud if you just want to go there. And uh, I guess that's it. Thank you for watching. I will, I think I'll be back tomorrow. Like I said, if I don't have a sponsor, it's not like a top priority, but uh, I'm working on the sponsorships too. And uh, this, this show will probably become more regular over time as I figure out everything, but still in a kind of testing phase here. But yeah, thanks for watching. And I'll probably be back tomorrow around uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Take care.